Welcome to another edition of the Turin Podcast, episode 30. My name's Philip Schmitz, and I'm joined by Spawn, or also known as TJ. Uh, it's Monday. It's Victory Monday. Uh, we tried to give that game away yesterday. As, as hard as we possibly could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup, you fumbled against Tampa Bay, and you almost made me have a heart attack. And la- yesterday, you did the same thing. <laughs> I was... I was like, no. It, it was uh, crazy on that phone because the ball just seemed to have eyes to get away from two other Ram players and right to an Atlanta player. Yeah, I was watching that on uh, Red Zone. And uh, what's funny is, like, the channel didn't realize what was going on. I'm sitting there watching, on, like, getting updates. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Then you had that block punt returned for a touchdown. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I, mean, I, I, miss, I missed that one. I walked back into the room is uh, to see the punter laying on the ground in Atlanta celebrating. I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't think I would miss Johnny Hecker a lot. Uh, I kind of might miss him now. Um, why did we cut him? Money. He makes, <sighs> he makes like $7 million a year. He's the highest paid kicker in the league. <laughs> that, that is true, but, uh, but boy, he, he could – he could change the field of possession real quick, though. Yeah. That, unfortunately, kind of looking at financials, that makes me think of it for the team. They're, they're probably going to get rid of a couple pieces after this season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've had this conversation with Friday and a handful. But you got the ring, which makes it feel a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, you could be like the Cowboys who are always in this situation and having cap problems and, you know. Yeah. Hey, they've had those issues for 15 years. Well, oh. uh, how you been? Cowboys being the Bengals. <laughs> I did not have that written down. Nope, me either. Uh, I, I don't know if that's just a combination of the Cowboys just played well. I watched a little bit of that game, or I think more of it, the Bengals are just, they're a shell of what they were at the end of last year. Hey, I, I'm I'm saying that the, the, the curse of the team that loses the Super Bowl continues. They never make the playoffs the following year, really. Yeah. Uh, well, we made the, no, we missed the no, playoffs missed the year after. Too. Yeah, by one game. Yeah, I, I keep remembering that. Um, I don't want to remember that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, speaking of that previous team, and we'll just jump into the NASCAR stuff in a bit, I've watched a little bit of Detroit, and Jared Goff looks pretty good now. Like, they got some pieces around him. Um I've liked the way he's looked so far. He's not a bad quarterback. He's just not that top tier, which is what the Rams wanted. That really is a difference between championship and playoff. Oh, I agree. Um, if he was a top five quarterback, he doesn't throw that interception to Super Bowl, if we're being brutally honest. Um, but we'll talk uh, racing now. Uh, we'll start with the NASCAR who was at Bristol last weekend. We'll start with the Cup Series. Christopher Busher gets his second career win at Bristol. Uh, his first career win was that fog race at Pocono in 2016. But uh, there were a lot of guys at the end that could have gotten that win. Um, I think if Harvick doesn't have his wheel fall off, I think he might win that race. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Bell had a tire issue. Brad Keselowski had a tire issue while leading. I felt bad for Brad because... I actually was kind of pulling for Brad because I thought that would have been a cool story. Yep. Uh, what's your thoughts of the race? 
So, unfortunately to me, it was one of the more boring actual Bristol night races um, outside of the, the drama that was caused by our spirit tired. Yeah, it seemed like it was like Russian roulette and it seemed like, you know, Bell had an issue, Kozlowski had an issue, Logano, I believe, also had an issue. Um, Toyota's had power steering issues, Kyle Busch blows an engine, like the storylines just kept changing by like every 50 laps. In some ways, the, the tire issue was a good thing for the race to be as far as storylines go. Um, the cars didn't really pull away from each other, and it took a long time to make a pass, which is okay, but it it didn't do it in a way that made it exciting or fun. Yeah, it looked like, you know, the top groove was more of aggressive. Uh, the only way you can make a move on the bottom is if there was lap traffic, hence how I believe that's how Brad got by Christopher Bell at the end. And, um, and that part's more track because of how they grounded it down at the top line's dominant unless they yeah. put PJ one or something down at the bottom. Yeah. They put that PJ one there and we'll get to the truck series later, but they put that PJ one on, on the bottom and that truck race was pretty much single file until what, maybe the last 15, 20 laps. Then people started making a little bit of ground on the outside, but uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, and, and that's a downside is if you put it on just before the race, it's too dominant. Um, and then if you let it go through all races, you saw quarter of the way through the cup race, it didn't play a factor at all. Yeah. Uh, it's the first win for the rebranded Roush Fenway Kozlowski racing uh, with Christopher Busher winning on Saturday night. Good for them. Um, I'm pretty sure Brad would love to get that win, but uh, it was cool to see him basically next to Chris at the end of the race and then and victory lane as well. So good for Brad as the owner. Um, speaking of Brad, have you watched any of the race for the championship series on USA? I've seen the first two episodes. I have not watched the third one yet. I did watch the third one uh, a couple of hours ago because it's on the USA app. What's your thoughts? Cause I really like the series so far. They've done a great job. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how they played out through the whole season because the first two episodes were condensed into such a small time period. Mm-hmm that you know that they're going to have to open it up as it goes, especially if they're going to be looking at doing quite a bit with the playoff. Well, I'm not going to give any spoilers on the third one, um, but it's more than one race. Uh, they yeah. go to, I believe, four tracks? That's what I figured that they'd start doing. Yeah, uh, but I really like it. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Drive to Survive, but yeah. not Hollywood eyes and not like, fake stories or fake headlines, fake rivalries. And I like the fact that they're, they're being treated seriously and it's good stuff. Uh, it's really good stuff. They're telling real stories. Re yes. Yes. Um, so the, the championship, the playoffs, the first round ended, uh, the four drivers that did not make the round of 12, Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, and Kevin Harvick. Probably we both would have had Austin Dillon on that list of not making it, but those other three, I, I did not have them on that list. <laughs> no. Um, Harvick been too good lately to think that they'd be on there. Bush expired engine two out of three races, one on the mm -hmm. 
think he probably would have won at Darlington because he was by far the best car. Yeah. Um, and Tyler Reddick. Um, they had been pretty strong down the, the stretch as well, so it was kind of interesting to see that they just completely fell off. Yeah, he had that tire failure at Kansas, smacked the wall, and that was the end of his race uh, last week, and he got caught up in that Dinosaurus wreck, and it was close between if Reddick or you know maybe even Kyle points their way in. It pretty much was going to come down to whatever Austin Cendrick did, and Cendrick just got barely enough points. Yep. Um, but like Daniel Suarez, he's into the round of 12. Uh, that was one I thought that was going to be borderline. Cindric, borderline. Briscoe, borderline. Because they've been not really consistently up front. And you need to be up front in the playoffs. But when you have a lot of mayhem going on, kind of get lucky. Yeah, out of those three, I think Suarez probably had the best chance. Yeah. Uh, with the round of 12 going for Texas, Talladega, and the Roble, um, who do you think might not advance? Huh. It's going to be pretty interesting. Um, I would not be surprised to see one of the, the top teams, one of their top drivers not make it, one of the top four or the top two of uh, Hendrick. I wouldn't be surprised if Chase or Larson, one or the other, does have an issue and doesn't make it. Um, but I, I think we're going to see a big name drop in this this round. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me as well. I mean, we got two wild cards. We yeah. got Talladega, so it's going to be whoever can avoid the big one. And it's not like the playoff team can win a race anyways. <laughs> yeah, we've had three <laughs> non-playoff teams win a race. I mean, technically Bubba Wallace counts in terms of the owners, but yeah, I mean, which is cool. I mean... And it's been guys that have been fast. You know, Eric Jones at Darlington. That 43 has been fast. Yeah. Bubba's been fast. And Chris Buescher, he's had his moments. And they just needed to put it together and a little bit of luck as well. And, but yeah. Buescher and Jones both have just kind of struggled in that last segment of races this season. And yeah. They both finally put one together. Yeah, I think, you know, it did help that, you know, Harvick had that issue with his wheel. Be interesting if they're going to get a penalty announced tomorrow. Um, same thing with Hamlin, even though his wheel didn't come off, but he had a little bit of help. But Busher was top five for the majority of the race. Hamlin and um, Blaney, I don't think they will because theirs didn't go into another team's pit, but Harvick's did, I think. Or, yeah. Or actually, was it or was it Blaney's that did and Harvick's didn't? Well, Harvick's wheel, uh, I think, completely fell off. Yeah. As long as you're on pit road, you're still fine. Well, we'll see how NASCAR determines that. As long as as it doesn't interfere with the team or go into um, into where the the pit crew is. And I know one of them did. I know, I think it was Blaney's. I don't think Harvick's did. So I think it might be Blaney's team there to see the penalty. Well, we'll see where that comes tomorrow. Uh, if Harvick's well, if Rodney Childers gets suspended for weekends, at least he's not in the playoffs with Blaney. That will be interesting, yeah. Um, so we'll move into probably the biggest story of the week of the last three or four months Kyle Bush to leave Joe Gibbs Racing and race for Richard Childress Racing for 2023 and beyond. Uh, what is your initial thoughts about that? I love this combination. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, I have nothing but mad respect for RCR and what they've done since the, the early 80s and building from nothing to becoming a top team. And it's been since Harvick, since they've had that top-notch driver that can win consistently. Yeah. And to get that with Kyle now, I think this is going to be a really, really good team. Austin's definitely going to benefit from having a good, experienced driver that can help him set up in, in, a, in a winning style. Yeah, I think Kyle going there to replace literally Tyler Reddick's car. I mean, he's basically getting the eight car. I think when it comes to talent, both Tyler and Kyle are very similar. Yeah. But Kyle's got the experience. Exactly. He's, and that eight car's had speed. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying Kyle knows how to share that information to make his teammates better. Yeah. And I agree. Tyler just doesn't have the experience to do that just yet. No, and he's still finding it. But, I mean, Tyler, I would say that eight car this year has been predominantly top five, top seven for the majority of the year. Kyle Busch, if he's in that car, I bet he wins way more races just because he's experienced. He knows what to do in those situations. Whereas, no offense to Tyler, he's not there yet. And also the Chevy, Chevy's a better product than the Toyota this year. That is true. Uh, it would not surprise me because we were just talking about guys that might not make the round of eight. The Toyotas have struggled on the road courses, and you have the Roval. Yeah, I, I think Bill's the only one that makes it out of this for a Toyota. Ooh, interesting. Uh, well, we had one question asked, um, and then we'll get to some other stuff that relates to the Kyle Busch to RCR stuff. Do you think Kyle Busch can win a third championship driving for RCR? Um, that's asked by Wyoming. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I, I uh, would be surprised to see him win a couple with RCR. The probably the most best year Kyle's ever had. One of two was that first year at JGR where he simply lit the world on fire with the double finger to Hendrick saying, this is what's going to happen now. Being the fact that you basically fired me. Yep. I can see Kyle doing that again. Yep. I mean, that 2000, was it seven? I believe it was seven. That year, he just absolutely, no, it was, it was seven or, or 08. That year, he just absolutely lit the world on fire. I could see him doing that again. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then RCR, they've got a good program. It's just getting the, the guy in the car that has the ability to, make, to max it and push the car a little further. And Austin's one of those. He's great at getting what the car has out of it, but he can't push it beyond that. Um, and Tyler can push it, but he hasn't learned how to finish it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see Kyle winning multiple championships. And I mean, he's what, 36, 37. I mean, from what analytics say, you your peak is 40. So he's got plenty of years left in the tank. Um this, though, it's there's other just dominoes that fall from this. With Kyle going to RCR, KBM, they're going from Toyota to Chevrolet, most likely. You have a lot of drivers like Chandler Smith, John Hunter Nemechek. They're in the trucks. Where are they going to be at next year? Because they're kind of Toyota backing. And do you see Tyler Reddick in a third charter card RCR next year? 
Um, definitely a third car. I think they are trying to work on getting that third charter. Um, okay. It just, are they going to be able to get Rickware or McLeod to, to sell it? Interesting because... Um, For a reasonable price. Well, I only asked this because during the press conference when Richard was asked about the third charter, he didn't really go into details. No, he didn't. And, that's why and, That's why I said when, when Zach posted that... Um, the troll, whoever did that, they did a really good job to make it look real. And there was a lot of good points in it. And it could still actually play out that way still, except for the 51 number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were actually talking about down the Dojo download of, is Kyle driving the 8 car? Could he drive the 51 car? Because that's kind of Kyle's persona. Yep. Over Rowdy. Um, who knows? Maybe they maybe change that number. We'll see. Um, so I guess we're going to head. We're going to assume Ty Gibbs is in the 18, replacing Kyle next year. We're just going to assume that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a lot of factors here. Who's going to be in JGR's Xfinity program next year? We've already seen one driver leave. Uh, that's Brandon Jones going to drive for JRM, replacing Noah Gregson. Um, you know, who's going to be in that 54 next year? Uh, who's I'm sure Toyota's going to want to do something to keep John Hunter and Nemechek and Chandler yeah. Smith in their fold. That's what I was just about to say. I think there's a chance of Nemechek being there. Um, Smith is a chance. It's most likely one of those two. Hmm. Yeah, I even saw where some kind of – where Denny said that if on the chance that if Kurt Busch does not come back next year that John Hunter might end up in the 45. Uh, I did see that over the weekend. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm just more interested to s- hear what Kyle says like six months from now about this. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, go into January, just before the 500, to see how things are playing out at that point is going to be really interesting. And seeing how the Chevy Toyota changeover is going to happen with the trucks, because there's going to be a lot of late movement with this change. Yeah, I agree. Um, and one big thing for Toyota, I mean, they lose their truck feeder system for their young development tr- yep. talent. And Thor Sports full. Friesen's team, I don't think, has the resources to expand. So Toyota's in a bind here. I mean, <sighs> it, I mean it, it's a Chevy-dominated series. And it is series really, and um, and it puts Ford and Toyota in a hard spot on trying to do development drivers, just because they don't have enough seats. No, they don't. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Speaking of Ford drivers, Haley Deegan, there's a slight rumor she might end up at SHR in their Xfinity deal. Uh, they've not confirmed who's going to be in the 98 or if they're going to be a two car operation. Yeah. Um, During the During the truck race, they said that she was going to be announcing an Xfinity ride for this season. Um, I have not been able to find anything else on that anywhere on the internet. But I mean, if they're saying that it's a for sure announcement coming, you know that there's that there's something there, and it'd be interesting who it is with because there's no um, nothing on the internet. No, with as far as who it's with. 
I think the last thing I heard about this, uh, Zippy, uh, Greg Zippadelli mentioned this in a press conference, I want to say about two weeks ago. Might have been while I was at maybe at Daytona about, yeah, we're going to have our options for Xfinity sorted out. That would be in about a couple of weeks. So I think you're right about that. Um, let's just cover off the silly season for the cup side. I think the only question mark left is who's giving the colleague 16 full time. Um, they're going to have a driver announcement uh, first week of October. I have no clue who that's going to be. Uh, I could probably guess it's not going to be Ty Dillon. <laughs> yeah, no. Still got that in the 42 to be decided. Um, well, no, 42 is going 40. to Noah. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, but, yeah, it, no clue who's going to go to that. Um be cool to see like a Josh Berry get it, but I don't see him ever getting a cup right on for full time, unfortunately. Um, he deserves it, but I just don't know if it actually ever happened. That, uh, well, if he brought funding from Tire Pros and you know, some money from his best friend Dell Jr., <laughs> he could go in that 16 car because and, I do agree. And, and Jr. would be the key to that, yeah. Um, let's speaking of, we mentioned Noah, uh, the Xfinity series race Friday night, Noah wins his third straight win, his sixth win of the year. Uh, we'll get to the playoffs in a bit, but he will start the playoffs as the number one seed. But, uh, what's your thoughts of the race? What other thoughts of, uh, Gregson with his contact with, uh, Ty Gibbs and, uh, Sheldon Creed that ended both of their races. That one was kind of big. Yeah. The Xfinity race was a really good race. Um, started off single file and by the end about halfway through the race and was getting really really good already um, those tracks work really well on the track um, that crash it was it was just a racing incident it looked like Ty got on the gas just a hair later than normal and and Noah got on at the regular time and they were up close you don't have time to react because no. there that was like two maybe tenths of a second between when he got on the gas and they made contact perfect reactions four tenths of a second so that just tells you once he touched it he you couldn't get off in time to not touch it no yeah it just was a fortune for creed who i mean he came so close at darlington to win and he was doing everything he could to win that race. He had the elbows out, the knees. Oh, yeah. Kicking the sides of doors. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he he was going to do everything he could to win that race. Um, the playoffs, though, I mean, just the back end of it was pretty dramatized because you had Landon Castle, who was in a good position. Then NASCAR says, hey, Jeremy Clements, your engine actually was legal at Daytona, so you're actually now in the playoffs. Which put him and Daniel Hemrick kind of in a bind where, hey, if you just have a good race, you'll be fine. But if you have any problems, you're in trouble. And Castle had problems. He had, had a burnt right front hub. And he missed the playoffs by three points over Ryan Sieg. Yep. But that was pretty that was pretty drama uh, there. I mean, I also had to think of it at the time. Uh, Landon Castle's DQ at Loudon. Now that plays a big role. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, having that that race taken from him, that was a lot of points that they lost. Um, I mean, he would have been, he probably had been it, safe going into the race. So. Yeah, and let's be honest, colleague is not as strong as they've been the last handful of years. This year, they took a pretty considerable dip. Yeah, I mean, it took a lot. It took a lot out of them to get ready for the the cut team, bringing in that new team there. Yeah, um, it's not a surprise that that they had put more focus there for time being. That there was going to be a little bit of drop off, um, and, and the, not to say that they were worse cars and i think i mentioned this earlier this year it's like everyone improved just a little bit and they stayed the same i agree and it didn't help that they were you know they became a basically a two-time full-time operation on the cup side yeah. um i'm sure that's going to be something that they're going to address in the off season be interesting to see i think daniel hamburg is safe Landon yeah. castle i don't know if he's going to have that right next year or not um yeah. Voyager went bankrupt, correct? Um I have no idea to be honest. I I thought he he went bankrupt, that team or sponsor. So that could put him in a situation where who knows, maybe Landon Castle's not in that car next year. Playoffs beginning this weekend at Texas. Who's uh who do you like? Texas, uh um, I'm going to go with someone that's eliminated, Harvick. He's really pretty good at Texas. Uh, and Bush is another one that I can see winning there. So, I mean, but if it's going to be a playoff driver, I would, I would say probably Kyle Larson. Yeah, I could see that. Um, see, Blandy won there. He won the all-star race, so that could help yeah. him. Uh, I hope it's a good race. I don't have very high hopes um, for the cup <laughs> side. Maybe the Xfinity race would be good, but I don't have hopes for the cup side. Um, I think Noah probably wins the Texas race again because Noah's absolutely on fire. Talking the Xfinity, not the cup race. I don't even know if he's in that cup car this year. Um, if he had a choice, he would not be in that car. Exactly. Yeah, that that, that was one of the the most um, driven to me uh, statements of any of the drivers of how hard the cars are hitting is when he said that he would choose not to drive cup and just focus on Xfinity during the playoffs. If he knew that the hits were going to be as hard as they were. Yeah, I agree. And I'm also saying that he intentionally does not drive as hard as he possibly could now because he's afraid of how hard they hit. Yeah, and I don't blame him because, you know, his main deal is the Xfinity Championship. And, I mean, he talked about his Atlanta hit. Yeah. I mean, he he felt that for three weeks. Yeah, he had two uh, big ones. Yeah. And, and kind of interesting with the, the deer, uh, door bumper clear is that – they kept having drivers on that were all, well, I haven't had that big hit yet, so I don't know. Well, now they finally did. And to hear their actual story about it brings it home a lot more than just how Harvick's going off about about it. Because his sounds like complaining. How yeah. I went about it, you felt it. Well, I remember when Harvick, his comments after Gateway. Yeah. Like, I mean, when he had that right front 
brake failure. It was a front brake failure. He said, that was one of the hardest hits I've had in my career. And I was thinking, really? Because, I mean, they're going fast at Gateway, but they're not going, like, Texas fast. Well, and, and that's it. The thing is that their center speed in the turns are so much higher. They're talking, like, 15 miles per hour faster in the middle of the turn than they were in the old car. Mm. And that's that's a huge amount of force because because they're not having to slow down nearly as much. That's a good point. They're not um, fast down the straightaways they were in the old car, but they're faster in the turns. That's yeah, uh, that's a very very valid point. Um, be interesting to see what NASCAR does with the changes with the car because. It'd be different if one person saying it, but when you have Mal Harvick, you have Gregson, Denny, after his Daytona crash, he says, I'm not going to race an Xfinity race. I'm sore. Bubba mentioned that his crash at Atlanta and Talladega were harder than the crash he had at Pocono. I mean, when you have Gregson saying, hey, I have no problem blocking a guy that's going 10 miles per hour faster than me in an Xfinity car, not, not worrying about it. That's pretty much an eyebrow razor right there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, we'll close the truck series off that race Thursday night. Ty Majeski wins and punches his ticket to the championship four race at Phoenix. They're off this weekend. Uh, they'll race at Talladega in two weeks. Uh, I don't have the playoff grid up, but um, Talladega is always a wild card for the truck series. All three series will be at Talladega. Um, what was your thoughts on just the weekend overall before we switch to the IndyCar stuff? Um, not as good as a regular Bristol night has been, to be honest. Um, the Xfinity race was excellent. And then the truck race was old school, uh, single lane, bottom dominant. Um, but it, it just, it went so quick. You never really felt anything into, into the race in a way, um, to me, the, the race just went by so quick, I never even got into it. Yeah, and, I mean, it was a fast race. And then the cup race, um, like I said, there were some goods, there were some bad. The card probably needs some downforce taken away from them on the short tracks, I'm thinking, uh, with Bristol and, and Richmond and... and um, uh, Martinsville. Martin, yes. I, I think that they're going to have to reduce downforce on those cars for next season at those tracks. Um, otherwise, it, it's weird how the dirty air affects them more at the small tracks than it does the big tracks um, with this car. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with Martinsville. They had a tire test about a month ago, and... I mean, there was a photo by Rodney that he posted of like all the rubber lay down. And even Rodney was saying, hey, this is actually going to be pretty better than the spring race. So that has me hopeful for that because the spring race at Martinsville was, oh, my God, boring. It, just the temperature is going to make it a better race. <laughs> that that as well, uh, because it was cold as well in the spring. Yeah, it was 30-something degrees at the start of the race. Yeah. What's happened sometimes? I mean, Clint won in uh, – was it 2018 and it was on a Monday because it snowed. Yep, exactly. You know, and and they're taking really hard tires right now with it being the first year. Um, and then you take a hard tire and you put it in 30 degrees. It's just, it's a popsicle by itself, you know. Yeah, it's not going to have any 
any heat in them. Uh, well, they're just rolling around on hockey pucks. Pretty much. Uh, we'll switch to IndyCar, which had their championship wrapped up two weekends ago at Laguna Seca. With finishing in third place, Will Power wins his second career IndyCar championship. His first coming in 2014, I'm not mistaken. Was it 14? Yes. 14. Uh, Going to be honest. Will Power should have more than two championships. Oh. I mean, uh, I think three different times he went into Fontana with the points lead and came out without without winning. I think in 2011, he was in the final race of Dario. Of course, that's I remember by what happened with Dan Weldon. 12, I believe you're right. He crashed out at Fontana. 13, I don't remember, but that was won by, I believe, Hunter Ray. Don't yeah, so the, the Hunter Ray one was really, that was actually like such an exciting race because of the story that was going on. Um, and that one, Hunter Ray, I think, went in with like a one-point lead. Um, Hunter Ray crashed early. They repaired the car. Shortly after that, um, Will crashed. They repaired the car, and then it was just a matter of who could get back out on the track first. Basically, won the the championship. Mm. Yeah, the last time they raced at Fontana was 2014. Yep. Yeah, that's actually Tony Kanon's last career win. Um, I m- remember that race. No, wait, no, they raced there 15, the race that no one watched. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The best I, no one ever watched is what. Yeah. Uh, that race itself was just madness. Yeah. But uh, what's your thoughts on Will Power and what he did this year? Because there was a lot of chatter. Okay, he only won one race, but he was the more consistent than Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarn throughout the year. He made. Um, <laughs> do what? He, he, he pulled a Matt Kenseth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two races that stick out to me: Road America and Toronto races, where he did not do the best in qualifying. And yet somehow, some way, I believe he finished top five in both of those races. Exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, he, 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 he minimized damage better mm-hmm. than this year. Um, yeah, there was guys that won several races, but when they had their issues, they finished 20th or worse. Yeah. His bad race was what, 10th, 12th, something like that this year? I don't think, he, I think he only had one finish outside of the top 10. I think if I tried looking at the numbers, um, I think he completed every lap this year. Yeah. Which I don't know if that someone did it prior to him, but the last time someone did that, to my knowledge, was Tony Kanon when he won in 2004. He completed every lap. Uh, uh, the, the only other time that I can think of was when Tony Sturt won the IRL championship. That was the only other one that I could think of. Um, I think he had an engine failure or two. Texas, he had engine failure, I think. Don't quote me on that. Well, he had a, he had an engine failure uh, for the Indy 500. The year he won the championship. Was it 96 he won it or 97? I think 96. If it was 96, he got the pole because of uh, Scotty Brayton's uh, accident that unfortunately took his life uh, because I remember that Stewart was then given pole and uh, pretty much was up front all day until he had his engine at the issue. But are, you d- 
Yeah, I, it, it's so long ago. I don't remember if it was '96 or '97 now. Yeah, uh, same here. <laughs> um, but I mean, you mentioned it with the others, Joseph and Scott Dixon. If Joseph's suspension failure doesn't fail at Iowa, he wins that race and he likely wins the championship. Yeah. Or I don't know how it would have played out if Joseph doesn't spin out and qualify at Lugan Seca. He might have gotten pole, and he might have. Well, I don't know. Alex Alex Pillow was in another zip code, but could have been interesting. Yeah, that Pillow and and New Garden, they were both just on a different planet from the whole field at Laguna. Yeah, and, and then you look look at Scott Dixon, that speeding penalty on pit road at Indy. Yeah, like and, and speeding penalty in Indy car, that's hard. In a double points race. Yeah, I mean, I looked at those two. Like, if they don't win this championship, you're just gonna look at those two moments. Um, but it's something to discredit Will. I mean, yep. he was consistent. He was. Yep. I mean, sorry, I had to cough. Um, he wasn't on my list of drivers going into this year that could win, in my opinion. Nothing against Will. It's just yeah, Palo, Newgarden, Dixon. Um, Throwing Rossi, throwing a ward. I didn't think power, just because he didn't have this side type of consistency in recent years, that he could do this. Yet, you know, I was wrong. And he talked about this different mentality he had going into this year, and it simply worked. Yeah. Um, did he lose that mentality a couple times? Yeah. But he, uh, he managed to regain his composure every time. And that's something that he had not done in the past. Yeah, um, he also broke Mario Andretti's pole record at Laguna Seca. Um, if I heard the stat right, he was he's on pole for one of every four races he does. Sounds about right. I mean, that's just that's a stat. It reminds me of when, okay, it was a short kind of time capsule here, like early two thousands. Whenever Ryan Newman qualified, like he was on pole for like every other race. Yeah, I was. Just about to say, there was a couple of years ago where I think it was a three-year period where only him and Bourdais took polls. Mm -hmm. And almost same thing with the wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of wins, this year we saw Scott Dixon uh, pass Mario Andretti for second all-time uh, for the most wins in IndyCar. I think he's, I want to say, give or take 10 behind A.J. Foyt. I don't know the numbers. If Scott keeps racing, he could break that. He can catch that as well um, if he does this for the next two to three years. Yep. Um, we'll move on to another battle. Uh, the, the rookie of the year battle. Christian Lungard beat out David Malukas and Callum Eilat. Nothing against Callum Eilat and David Malukas. Lungard was in a Ray Hall. And it took him about, uh, half, about I want to say, halfway through the year for it to finally start going for him. But, I mean, David Malukas had some really good results. Gateway, a really good result of a podium. Uh, really impressed me. Uh, Indy 500 was a good race for him. It was as well. And then Callum Allot, rookie full-time with Hunko's Racing being full-time for the first time. Yeah. I mean, he, he was on the front row at Laguna Seca two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they um, don't... They, they, they even pit road. Yeah. Um, you know, they were up and down, but I felt like Hunkos, there were 
points, you know, during this year where, you know, they had a really good result. Iowa was a good weekend for them. Um, I think, what was it? Barber, he made the fast six. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see how Ilot and Hunkos does going forward. But I, I thought like it was a good car team next year. Yeah. Who's going to be in that second car? Because it's uh, not Felix. I haven't heard. I haven't heard either. It might be, it might be, was it Linus Lundquist who won the Indy Lights Championship? Uh, he's got some funding now because of that. And uh, we'll see if he ends up there. Um, did you watch the Bus Bros of David Malukas in it? Um, no, I've not seen that episode yet. Okay. I, I, that is that is bookmarked on my thing to, to watch, but I have not had a chance to go back and watch that one. Uh, I, you did say it was a good one. It was good. Uh, Malukas basically interviewing people and no one knowing a clue outside of two people who he is. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of funny. Um, and then with Marshall's racer report, David's been on a bunch of those for the second yeah. half of the year. And I like, I like this kid. Like he's generally honest, uh, posts good content, says a lot of good stuff, funny stuff. Um, he's got a channel that posts updates and stuff. I'm like, I like this guy. This guy's a little bit of a character and we need this. And, uh, hope for good things next year. Uh, he'll be at Del Coin next year with, I believe, Takuma Sato would be there as well. Um, anything you want to cross off on the IndyCar list for this season, other than the silly season that we're going to get into? Um, just say that, that it's going to be interesting for Laguna Seca going forward, as this was the last year on the, the old surface. And um, it's been around since the mid 90s. Uh, um, it was. It, it went out in style. Yeah, them and Road America are getting uh, facelift. They're getting new pavement. Yeah, and it's for the whole track, not just sections. <laughs> right, and we had the NASCAR thing. We'll talk about in terms of schedule. IndyCar hasn't given out their schedule yet. Outside of we know the obvious, where Indy 500 and the Indy GP is going to be. Uh, I I assume they're going to have the double header with uh, NASCAR in august don't know um i would love for them to go to milwaukee yeah i mean I, I would too um milwaukee was was one of their best uh tracks back in the 80s and early 90s and i remember watching that race every year and and it was always a great race yeah, I only mentioned Milwaukee because the truck series next year, they're going to Milwaukee. And I'm thinking it, it can't be just for a single date because if it is, it's kind of a long trek. And I don't know how many people can go out there just to watch a truck series race at Milwaukee. They could get a great turnout because they have not had a race there since, I want to say, 2011. Yeah. But I supposedly the schedule should come out pretty soon. I've heard this week. I've heard next week. Um We'll close on the IndyCar side of things. I guess the silly season that I guess didn't exist between Pelot and Assey and McLaren. <laughs> um, Pelot, he's staying at McLaren. He got a, I believe, an extension. Um, or he's Assey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, I, I messed that up. Um, but he's he got the testing of McLaren from the one car. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of this whole thing? Because I, I thought we we're going to be in a month, two month battle here. Well, I mean, it, it's good to see that they 
decide to make an agreement without going through the courts because that that would have really gotten ugly and been very public. Uh, so it's good to see them to come to terms exactly what the terms are for McLaren. Not sure because you know that Zach Brown's not going to take absolutely nothing from Ganassi on this um, because those two have a very heated rivalry. I think just off that, he would have taken it to court if there wasn't some kind of beneficial understanding between the two. Yeah, I mean, Marshall Pruitt wrote a beautiful piece last week, uh, The Dream. I don't know if you caught that or not. It's on racer.com. And, you know, it kind of sounds like, okay, Plo, you know, he wanted to test from Formula One stuff because he has a super license. You know, he has that ability. Can't have that at the Ganassi, but McLaren has that. So they kind of just weave a deal, kind of similar to Herta's deal, where like, okay, here's your contract to stay at Ganassi, but here's that carrot of, yeah, you can jump into McLaren and you can jump in that car and go see what you can do in it. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I, this, this is good. No, it's Herta. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't going to really touch on that. Um, <laughs> the super license system and FIA, it's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, not, nothing gets Logan Sargent, but finishing third in um, F2 gets him the 40 points required, but finishing second against several Formula One, former Formula One drivers doesn't get you in it. <laughs> right. Like uh, Joseph Newgarden finished the second this year. He doesn't get the 40, even though I believe he has it because he's – no, he does have it because him and Scott McLaughlin had that cheeky bit, uh, photo. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense of like, you know, I understand why the system's here, but you kind of mess it up for the North American side of things because how is the IndyCar championship level with F3 down here? This makes no sense. Exactly, yeah. It's kind of in between F3 and F2. and Yeah. They gave the champion the 40 points, but that's it. And then Basically. it's way down for second place. So it it takes for the Americans to have three solid seasons to, in order to qualify for it. Um, and, and with Indy Light set up as the type of development that they do here in the U.S., only about seven or eight teams race one driver full-time. The rest of the teams rotate guys. Yeah. And maybe if, if, if they stated as 10 full-time teams, not 10 full-time drivers – we wouldn't be having this discussion just because they would have qualified. Um, Pato and Herta both would have been eligible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why Pato's in IndyCar because he couldn't obtain the super license while he was doing F2 and Super Formula for when he was at Red Bull in 2018. Yeah. Um, he talked about it. That contract had nothing to do with Formula 2. It was purely Formula 1, but they didn't get the exemption that Herta just tried to get either at that time. Right. So. Of which, I mean, nothing against Colton Herta, but Pato Award beat Herta in the Indy Lights Championship. Yep. I mean, and something against Herta. Herta is a generational talent, but Award's just as good. But, and Both of them are, are Formula One capable drivers. As, absolutely. Um, I would even throw a Joseph Newgarden in that mix. I would throw in... I mean, we don't know how good Polo could be in a Formula One car. 
No one knew what he could do when he got into the Ganassi car. Yeah. Let's be, let's be yeah. honest here. Now, uh, the interesting thing is with Cologne, with his story, is how he actually grew up driving the go-karts against the guys that are in F1 now and beating them at the time. So yeah. who knows? He just never had the money to, to be able to pursue beyond the F3 car. Yeah. Um... Well, the reason he got the F3 opportunity was because he won the um, – the karting championship for Europe, and they gave him thirty grand to get you a, a ride for Formula Three. That's the only reason he got that Formula Three ride. Right, I remember him talking about that on Dinners of Racers. Um, yeah. When is the Super Formula? He had help by uh, what Casca? Uh, is it? He used to be in Indy Lights like years ago. He drove that fifty-five Panasonic car. Okay. I can't think. I can't think of what his last name was, but um, it's Yasakawa. I mean, I, I, if I'm butchering that, it's not my intention. Um, <laughs> he, he's in the Indy 2005 video game. He's in that. Um, uh, let's see. Before we get to closing topics, anything we want to jump into? Um, I think we kind of touched it already. So. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the new schedule for NASCAR next year? Uh, I mean, what I expected for the most part, no major changes. I mean, so um, I think I think it's hard to get rid of Bristol dirt yet because we haven't really had whether that cooperated to let you know if it actually would be a good sustainable long-term race under normal weather conditions because it's rained both years. Right. Um, cause I think the racing is going to be way better if we can get it not to rain. Um, because the truck race made that track wait really, really good and really racy and fun to watch up until, but then it rained afterwards and kept the cup cars from having a, a good race. Yeah. They've not had a fair shake for the cup side. Um, and they've proven that, Hey, we can put this out there. We can make it happen, and then we can take it all off and be ready for the Bristol fall race. Yep. They've done that twice, so there's no issues with that. And the racing, okay, it could be better at the Bristol night race uh, on the pavement, but I don't think it's the track itself's fault. It's more or less the car's fault. Um, and, and the daytime races at Bristol were never really that good. So um then for whatever reason when that track's hot it's not as nearly exciting as it is at night i'm trying to think i can't remember a day race that was actually exciting um i remember when jeff gordon pushed matt kenseth 10 feet i do remember that (laughs) um matt probably shouldn't have gone to see jeff gordon at the end of that race that was 05 because uh you see matt spinning and uh, no, you saw Jeff spitting and you see Bobby just driving through like clipped <laughs> him. Um, I like uh, I like the all-star race going to North Wilkesboro. Yes. Yes. That's going to be fun to watch. I, I'm like so excited. I hope that they do more things like that with the all-star race because all-star races for the fans, you know, maybe not necessarily being able to squeeze the most fans in is the best thing, but putting it at places that they don't normally run it that people would love to see them run it. But just that ability to do it all the time. That, and let's be honest here, you're going to get a better product of racing that you're going to get at Texas. Oh, yeah, way better. I mean, that's why Texas is only getting one cup race next the, year. The, the Roval would be a better all-star race. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I agree. By the way, uh, why, speak, just speaking of Texas, why are we doing the IndyCar race April 2nd on a Sunday? Did you not learn anything earlier in the year? No? Okay. Anyways. And hey. Probably last time IndyCar is there anyways. Uh, that is the end of their agreement. So unless they repay, redo something with Texas, which going to be honest, it's I'm, they're making improvements on the grandstand where like you can kind of like have like a little bar top all the way around. And I'm like, that's cool and whatever, but your product of racing still sucks. Exactly. Like, like it's, uh, it's annoying. Every time they post something on Facebook, there's always two or three comments. I might be one of them. That's cool, but Redo turns one and two. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Goss has left a sinking ship. Let's just be brutally honest. Um, I, I like the trucks. You know, they're going to uh, Milwaukee Mile. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a race there. Um, I think the last time I remember a race in general uh, was the infamous race where Eric Amarola started the 20 car. And then by lap 50, Denny Hamlin flew in and took over. Um, I don't know if you remember that race or not. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember. I believe that was the last time we ever saw Eric Amarola in a uh, Joe Gibbs Racing affiliated car. Uh, so it's going to be cool to see uh, trucks go there. And trucks is also racing at North Wilkinsboro. I believe that's the All-Star Weekend they're racing there. I believe so. I think so. So um, that's going to be exciting. Uh, I will give my thoughts of the Chicago Street Course after I see it. I I don't but understand. I, I'm not optimistic for it, but I'm willing to give it a chance. I will give it a chance, but I do find it weird. Okay, so we're leaving Texas because the product's not good and the fans don't turn out. But we're leaving Road America where the product is... Uh, not bad, and that's I mean packed. Exactly. Like, I that's why I was like, why are you leaving Road America? Just replace, replace another, replace Texas Oval, uh, a Texas date, and which they did with Port Wilkesboro, with the Chicago Road Course. Um, which I find it ironic, you know. Texas replaces they they take away from North Wilkesboro ninety seven, only to have it be the roles reversed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, karma. Exactly. Um, who's your way too early favorite to win the 2023 IndyCar Championship? Uh, way too early. I'm going to say that um, New Garden bounces back and takes it. Uh, yeah, that's my I, pick I will, as well. I think uh, Roman will finally get an IndyCar win as well. Um, you know, that would not surprise me. Um it's interesting to see what Alexander Rossi does at McLaren, being teammates to Pato and also Felix Rosenquist. That was a little thing I forgot to cover in the uh, silly season. Felix will stay at McLaren. McLaren had to the end of this month to keep him as an option. After that, McLaren had no ties with Felix. Felix was his own man. He could sign up for wherever he wanted. Rumor is, Hunko's that second seat was going to go to Felix. Um, but also, how does Kyle Kirkwood do in the 27 that Rossi's just left? Have you heard anything what Napa's doing? No, I haven't, but Napa's usually pretty loyal to drivers more than team. Yeah, 
Um, you know, with Michael Waltrip. Um, I mean, they played with the same team, but um, they've they've gone with drivers over teams in several sports over the years. Yeah, they've been ever since. I think what ever since they left Michael Waltrip Racing after Spingate, they've been with Chase ever since. Well, they had led for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like New Garden. I mean, when Spire races this year, I think honestly, if he has the same season he had this year, next year, excluding Iowa crash, I mean, if he has a double header there, he probably wins both of those. Um, if Penske could ever figure out what's wrong with their Indy 500 program, he could probably win that as well. Big if right now. <laughs> it's a big if because, I mean, at Carpenter Racing has speed. At Carpenter Racing has uh, McLaren has speed, and they're the Chevy camp. And you would think Penske should be right with them, if not a bit better, because no offense, it's Penske. Yep. I mean, and he owns the track. That, that too, figuratively and literally. <laughs> I mean, we'll see because I think you know Will Power won this race um, 2018. Simon won in 2019. 2020 was the first year with the aero screen. And since then they have been just completely MIA. I mean, 2020 was horrible for them. 2021 was a little bit better. And this year, again, a little bit better, but not to the standard of Penske. No, they, they've lost speed at the track. Um, Whether it's engineers not figuring out how to get the air over the aero screen or what, don't know, but it, it has really changed the last several years. Uh, I mean, they have all the money in the world. Go get go get those Ganassi engineers because they know what <laughs> they know what they're doing. Thing will that carried out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pelot and Dixon were in their own little world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, after a brief delay uh, with work and whatever, also going to vacation at Daytona. That was fun, but not fun. Um, we're back. <laughs> I, I'm just glad that you got to see at least a little bit of racing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the Xfinity race, I didn't get home till or back to my hotel until 2.30. That's when my Uber got there. Uh, that was a painful next day. Um, somebody had free beer and just said, here, just grab whatever. So, um, yeah, I was in pain Saturday. I won't lie. <laughs> Um, but it was, you know, I saw about, uh, I think 80, 80 laps about first stage, two thirds, of second stage on Sunday. And then I left Orlando. Yeah. Um, haven't gone through my photos yet. I don't know why. Um, but I left before it started to rain. <laughs> exactly. And those were some nasty looking, nasty looking clouds that were coming in. The one that was off turns three and four, I saw that one. I was like, that's going to be the ender right there. So my thought process, because I had to fly out of Orlando at 530, I believe that was my flight. I was like, hey, I don't want to leave whenever everyone else is leaving because of the rain or whatever. Like, I need to beat these people out. Exactly. So I was glad that started at 10 a.m. I mean, it was kind of... It was still a touch and go of, hey, is this really going to start? Because you could just see some of the cells just keep coming and coming. It's like crossing your fingers. 
Yeah, they they did a great job of doing that. Uh, just maybe trying to find out a little bit better way of, of handling the the rain, at least at the super speedways. Um, the the smaller tracks, the the short tracks, I don't think they necessarily need to call cautions and stuff before the rain starts necessarily. Um, but at super speedways and probably even the mile and a half, probably need to start doing that. I, I agree. I mean, I think they've been kind of gun shy a little bit now at Darlington and Kansas throwing it like, and it's not really running it. Yeah, but it's about to rain and yeah. being smart about it because I will say when that race started at Daytona, it was raining. It was spitting. And I was like, are we really about to do this? Because all that it takes is if it picks up just a little bit, this might cause problems. Yeah. I mean, what a crazy race for that to end. And, 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 you know, one of the downsides for them is the fact that turn one spotters on the infield. Yeah, that makes no sense. So they, they didn't have anyone in their realm of circle that had gotten hit by rain. So they didn't know it was raining. Right. And Dave Moody, I believe he sits in turns. I think he sits in turn two. Because I was listening to yeah. MRN um, on the way to Orlando. And, 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 and on the, the, the broadcast, you can see turn two was perfectly sunny. Yeah. It was like, perfectly sunny there. I mean, he just commented, whatever. And like, everyone's crashed. I was like, what the heck's going on? Then I got to a parking lot. Zach's uh, posted the video, watched it. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Nope. Uh, then I found a Ruby Tuesday because uh, Orlando's going through security. It's like twice as long as it is going through DFW. DFW is pretty quick. I don't know why Orlando takes forever. I watched the rest of the, what, 20... 25 laps that pretty much was you know 25 laps of when's Austin Dillon going to move Austin centric <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm glad I actually did not get did not stay there to watch that you know um, that would have been boring yeah yeah it, after afterwards it just too few cars yeah you, you I mean do anything I mean, who was that one fan that won a million dollars by placing a bet on Cody Ware, Noah Gregson, um, was it BJ McLeod and some other driver to finish in the top five? I mean, I couldn't pick those four, whatever, if I was just hammered. Because (laughs) that's when you're going to make some really, really questionable decisions. Don't buy anything on Amazon when you've had a couple. Uh, You might wake up going, why did I buy this? I don't think I could have done that if I was on DraftKings. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, uh, Gives me something to do while I recover from having uh, COVID, which is lovely. Yeah, Um, definitely get plenty of rest. Um, I I, I mean, I, I slept, what? Outside of waking up, I slept 12 hours, so I'm getting pretty good rest. <laughs> hey, it, it's just because your body needs you to sleep, so I can fight it. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.